It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Sid. I'm Tay. Welcome to season four, episode 16. I'm so excited. This is a two-parter episode, so... Our first ever two-part episode. And it's the first time it's ever been done on the show so far. Exactly. Yeah. Exciting. When we say it's a two-parter, it's a one-part. This is one episode, but we're going to be talking about this (laughs) storyline for two episodes. Yeah. That would be funny. We're like, actually, we have to break this up into two episodes. There is... A break, and then we won't come back until next week, and then you'll get the rest of it. And that's exactly how the episode worked. So. And you'll you'll know when the episode's over. <laughs> we'll <laughs> you, tell you. We'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really, I can't wait to talk about this one. I wept <laughs> yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, I went into this one not prepared, just because mm. it's going into any other Boy Meets World episode. Sure. You just never know what you're going to get, you know? Yes. And yes. then it got really emotional, and I started crying, and <laughs> I had to stop it because I was not ready to watch it. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm really I'm really <gasps> pumped to discuss this one, so let's, let's do it. What are you nostalgic for this week? I'm nostalgic for voicemail machines. Wow. Yeah, this episode made me think about it, um, oh. and I have a note about it later. Uh, yeah. But that was a big deal that that's just nothing anymore because of home yeah. lines not really existing. My uh, parents still have a landline. Yeah, that's that's wild. It's weird. I don't know what they do with it. My family <laughs> doesn't have them anymore. Um, yeah. I just missed having a landline. And then everybody, either we, in my family, we'd either like take turns doing the voicemail oh, or we do like... When my brother and I were little, it was like all of us were trying Mm -hmm. to do it at the same time to have it be a whole family affair. That is adorable. We'd be like, hello, thanks for calling. (laughs) Please leave us a message. And that's just crazy because no one wants to talk on the phone anymore. Um, That's so true. Please don't ever (laughs) call me. Even though I spend like hours and hours on Discord voice calls, which is the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And it was so much fun to, let's say, like be out for a day and then just have like you have three messages just waiting Uh, for you and playing all of them and just being like, oh, I got to I get to call this person back. Like, uh, I just miss it. (laughs) Yeah, man. People such a lost art. It really is. People don't even like actually leaving messages anymore, which I find right. fascinating because like one time I we there was like a bunch of my college friends went out to dinner and we were calling one of our friends trying to figure out where he was. So I called one of them and uh, left him a message and everybody was like, you're leaving him a message. Why are you doing that? And I was like, what do you mean? I, Why not? He didn't answer. <laughs> Why wouldn't I leave him a message? And I never thought that was weird until then and then I was like I guess it's bad to leave people I still do it because why wouldn't I but also I don't call people that often so it like doesn't matter either yeah typically if I call people now it's my parents or right uh anybody in my family or like if I'm dating somebody um and that's about it mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I I just miss them a lot and again it does come up kind of in this episode so I was like yeah. oh I forgot that that was the thing <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah what are you nostalgic for you know I didn't have anything, um, but you're right that yours prompted mine. So now I'm nostalgic for talking on the phone. There you go. I I feel like when I was a kid, 
because number one, I didn't have texting on my phone for like a really long time. Me Basically until neither. I went to, yeah, <laughs> I had it for a hot second and then I got in trouble for texting boys. So then my, my mom took it off all of our phone plans. So then awesome. nobody could text. Awesome. 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 <laughs> Truly. So, um, I didn't have texting until literally until I went to college and was on my own phone plan, uh, which was insane. But, um, when I was younger, I spent a lot, like even before I had a cell phone, I had like a handful of friends who I would just be on the phone with all the time. And we would just talk on the phone for like hours. And I don't in that specific context do that anymore. Well, I'll have like one single friend and we will just talk on the phone for like two, three, four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done it maybe once in the last four years and it it was with my current best friend. Um, And so it's just really funny to think about the way that we used to communicate. Um, And I have a lot of thoughts about that based on like this episode too, but like being on the phone with a friend for like hours and hours and hours. And like, in some cases, like when I was younger, I, if I was uh, visiting my dad in Springfield, uh, my childhood best friend, me and her would just be on the phone. If we were, if I was down there for like a while, for like a week or a month or whatever, for like spring break or whatever else, we would just be on the phone and like read a book together. Like we would each be reading a book and then we would just like silently grunt at like what we were personally <laughs> reading sometimes. Um, and it's just like so funny to think about the points of connection that we found in like the early 2000s and even in the 90s and like how we use those communication points and I just kind of miss it. If I feel like like it's harder now because all of my friends are all over the country, but like the ways that we stay connected now very much simulate the ways that we used to be connected. And I think that's very funny. Yeah. I mean, the fact in that way, how Discord, like we could right. all just be chatting and doing whatever, but we're just yeah. hanging out together. Yeah. Is eerily similar to just sitting and reading a book and then just right. on the phone with each other. It's it's like almost the exact same. Um, and I just think that's really funny and also very sweet. And I just kind of miss the like lack of cynicism around like being connected, I guess, mm-hmm. in the ways that like maybe not the lack of cynicism, the like importance we placed on it, I think, because it was so much harder to like yeah. you have to really make an effort to be connected versus now when it's like everybody is seconds away via text or video or whatever. Um yeah. And I just, I liked that, I think. It was so much more intentional and it feels like really important to that like part of my life. And so, yeah, I'm nostalgic I, for it. I used to like have my friend's phone numbers memorized, like their yes. home phone numbers, yeah. which is so crazy. <laughs> I don't know anybody's phone number now. I, I don't know tell my you dad's anybody. phone number. No, I, I, the only people I know are my parents and literally anybody else in my life no idea and that's I used bad. to know my dad's <laughs> I used to know my dad's and then he changed his phone number when he moved to Texas and so then he when he got a new phone number I was like well I'm not memorizing this I don't have any reason to like I don't need to know it anymore I mean I guess in some cases I probably do I was like my mom's memorized but that's because I memorized it when I was 12 <laughs> so it's just in there she hasn't changed it um and yeah like my childhood best friend's phone number I had memorized and like a handful of friends but like very few yeah. And like none of them have stuck now. <laughs> but it was really funny. I think in elementary school and like middle school, I think we had all of the directories where it would have everybody's like home phone number and address oh, just so yeah. you could know. Um, oh my God. My that's favorite so funny. was the point when people started getting cell phones because it was in middle school and then they put like the little mobile or like the C next to yes. it so that it was like, okay, well, if they're not home, 
check their other number. number yeah which again is crazy i don't even know if they still do that now yeah that's such a i wonder you just have I access can't. to everybody's info that's so funny that's to think so about crazy. <laughs> probably not right I don't know. I should ask. Man. My mom still works in schools. I should ask oh, okay. her. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anybody who's young. And, like my sister, my youngest sister is like a junior in high school. So I doubt they would. I don't think we were still doing it then because there's like, you're switching classes at that point. You don't have like a home base in yeah. terms of a group of students you're always with. <laughs> so, Did I tell you before that my elementary school used to have a contest every single year for a phone directory cover contest? Where you could like, no. they had a whole contest where kids would draw like something for the cover and then everybody would vote on it wow. and they'd have like a theme. And uh, whenever I moved schools to my like school that I ended up growing up with in second grade, I submitted it because I was like, I like art. I don't know. I don't know anybody here. And then I won that year. And so all Whoa. of the directories had my art on it. And that was really cool. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. That's so cool. And then to also be the new student, be like, yeah, hi. That's- <laughs> I'm a really good at art. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my jungle themed <laughs> art. <laughs> How so fun cute. is it? We have a little koala hanging out in a hammock. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so. Fun. We were the do you koalas. Still have one that of was. Those? I do. I have the original cover of it. You should tweet that when we release this episode. I need to also. Text I want to see it really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. There's like a monkey hanging out of a palm tree. It's like two palm trees and a hammock, and there's a koala literally talking on a cell phone, and there's like a snake going up the tree. It's really funny. I'll try that to find is it. So cute. Yeah, please, please do. But yeah, man, that's so fun. I really want to talk about this episode, so I think we should get into it. <laughs> Fair enough. Season four, episode 16 is titled A Long Walk to Pittsburgh, part one. Part one, you guys. The episode aired on February 7th, 1997, and it was directed by Jeff McCracken, written by Matthew Nelson. The synopsis is... Eric sees Sean kiss Topanga on the cheek at Chubby's. He relays the the upsetting news to Corey, and Sean swears the kiss was innocent. When Corey confronts Topanga about it, he realizes he had bigger problems than he thought. Oh, my God. They don't even spoil it in the teaser. That's incredible. I was waiting for it to be like, Topanga, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so fun. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Um, Okay. Let's get into it. First scene. We are at Chubby's. Eric comes down the stairs of Chubby's to see Sean and Topanga in the back room. Topanga looks upset and Sean hugs her, says something to her. She nods and then he kisses her. Seems like on the cheek. It's like intentionally ambiguous. Did you think it was on the cheek? I'm curious. I I assume that it was, but yeah, the Mm -hmm. angle of it made it seem like it could have been more. So definitely a good play. (laughs) They don't ever clarify it either, which I think is a weird choice. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. Um, Eric reacts to this, and that's technically the end of the scene, but we'll continue. We transition to the Matthews kitchen. Corey says, Eric, listen, don't think I don't appreciate a good T-bone, but I would have been plenty happy with a double chubby burger. Morgan is also sitting at the table eating. She says, he gets steak. I get cold grilled cheese. What gives? Eric says, I just feel like our brother with his interesting life, he deserves a hearty meal. She asks, you don't think my life's interesting? He says, Morgan, did I just do something nice for Corey? Yeah. Do I normally do nice stuff for Corey? 
No. And why would I do nice stuff for Corey? She finishes, because something terrible happened to him. He sort of laughs and says, eat your grilled cheese. Corey takes another bite and says, so I would be correct in assuming that this wonderful meal is actually one of those condemned death row last meal kind of things, but there can't be because there's no cake. Eric takes what is obviously a cover of a cake plate to reveal a very <laughs> fancy chocolate cake. And Corey sees that stands and says, dead man walking. Should we do this in the living room? Eric says, we could do it there. <laughs> They flip transition into the living room. Eric says, look, I'm only telling you this because I'm your brother and it's the right thing to do. Corey replies, big buildup. Bad, bad, bad. Don't tell me. Eric says, no, Corey, I think you got to hear this one. Corey's like, all right, tell me. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with Sean or Topanga, I should be okay. Eric's like, okay, um, have you ever heard the expression? And then makes what the captions call a Japanese imitation of someone being stabbed and falls onto the couch. I'm not going to do it um it's very funny <laughs> it, it is funny uh Corey sits and says well you certainly have my attention so eric describes what he saw sean and topanga at chubby's she seemed upset he gave her a hug and then he kissed her Corey says what eric repeats he kissed her Corey more dramatically now says what and eric says nothing happened at all Corey has walked over to the phone now and eric continues normally i love telling you bad stuff but this one's killing me Corey doesn't reply but into the phone says pick up the phone sean are you there pick up the phone he hears nothing and hangs up. Eric says, listen, I know how upset you must be. Corey dials the phone again and replies, Eric, listen, nothing happened at all, all right? You said so yourself. Then into the phone says, Topanga, it's me. Are you there? It's seven o'clock. Pick up the phone. Where are you? He waits a beat, then hangs up. The audience awes and Eric says, I had to tell you, right? I mean, you understand I had to tell you what I saw. Corey says, Eric, listen, I understand you're my older brother, all right? You're not supposed to let anything bad happen to me. On the last bit of this, he kind of shoves Eric, who falls backwards onto the couch and finishes, how can you let this happen to me? Eric says, okay, I understand that you're upset, so I'm not going <laughs> to kick your butt. Corey asks, you saw him kiss her. And Eric, still upside down, says, I did. And Corey replies, then my butt's kicked anyway. He heads upstairs, and that is the end of the scene. Mm, I was immediately caught off guard by the chubby scene at the beginning, just yeah. seeing Sean and Topanga together because I know that they're friends, but mm -hmm. it was a very intimate moment that mm -hmm. didn't seem normal. What did you think was... I mean, they're, they could not be together. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that could not have been a thing. I don't know what I was thinking during it, mm -hmm. but it was just like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. But like, there's there's no way that either one of them would do that. It would be pretty insane. <laughs> they are so close, all yeah. of them. That yeah. That is that would be wild. Yeah. So how dare the writers for trying to get me to think I know, that because that's just get wrong. Us. But Eric being extremely kind to Corey to help with the news is actually very sweet of him. It's very sweet. Because, you know, he's the one that saw it and then had to react to it and it's not like he could hide it. So, I mean, good for him for even yeah. talking to Corey about it. I was realizing whenever he brought back a T-bone steak that the menu at Chubby's confuses me and it fascinates me at the same time. Yeah, it's really unclear. It feels like one of those like, do you know Culver's? Have you been to Culver's? Mm -hmm. You know how Culver's has like cheeseburgers and fries, but it also has like full dinners and there's yeah. just like mashed potatoes. <laughs> and like one sometimes we'll go to Culver's and my stepdad will get like a rotisserie chicken and I'm like where did you we're at Culver's why are you not getting a cheeseburger um yeah. it reminds me of that of just like it's a diner but also it, or like it's like fast food but it's also like vaguely a diner 
Yeah. It just, it cracks me up, I think, because it's like a downstairs type of, yeah. like, restaurant. It feels like a, a bar. It feels like a dive bar in, like, Vibe. Yeah. But it's literally, like, <laughs> all the teens hang out there. Yeah. And they're like, here's your grilled cheese, Morgan. Here's your T-bone steak, Corey. <laughs> like, they're two very different things. No way is that T-bone any good. <laughs> like, it came from Chubby's, for yeah, real. Yeah, there's literally no way. <laughs> they have that a thing called a Chubby Burger. <laughs> Yeah, so that that whole scene was funny, even though there was the lead up to it. I did. Will is hilarious. Like whatever yes. they did, go into the living room or just every everything in both parts of these is just very funny with him, yeah. and I love it because it kind of brings some humor into Levity. a very mm-hmm. uh, intense situation. But yeah, this is where I was realizing it's probably strange to young people that are watching this show as to why Corey just starts talking as if like, oh, yeah, it's not a voicemail because voicemails also used to just click on and then you could hear it over a speaker. Yes. Answering machines. Yeah. If, yeah. If you didn't. It yeah, would record a literal machine. tape. Right. And then you could play back that tape and then like rewind. It's kind of insane, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that technology? crazy <laughs> it's pretty we- and it went for a long time like in the early 2000s when gilmore girls was on it like they were still using answering machines yeah that's a a lot of plots to old tv shows deal with hearing something on the answering machine and then running to pick it up oh my god yeah like friends <laughs> yeah there's a whole plot in friends that has to do with an answering machine there's a whole finale in that <laughs> it's yeah. with the answering machine <laughs> i got off the plane <laughs> We can't reveal it. <laughs> Even that could be anyone. <laughs> that could be anyone. <laughs> That's also, I feel like that show ended before, was that also a show that ended in 2000? No, that was like 04. Really? Yeah, that went on for like 10 years. God dang. That's why it was popular. <laughs> yeah, fucking friends. But yeah, because of these answering machines existing and the fact that he's like, hey, pick up. Yeah. Because you could hear them if that was the mm-hmm. case. Uh, and clearly they're both not picking up, which is really sad. It's really weird, too. Yeah. where are they? Where are they? They're jumpies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the entire time at the end, I was like, don't blame Eric. Like, he, he said he wasn't going to blame him. And then he just immediately was blaming him. I'm like, he's just the messenger. Like... <laughs> He's just trying to help, and I I feel bad, but I get where Corey's coming from because it's like, hey, why are you telling me this devastating news? It's really interesting. We are are both older siblings, and I'm trying to think of an instance in which I've like – I mean, there there have been times where I have told my sister something that she doesn't want to hear, and then she will lash out at me in a way that is like deeply hurtful, and that's like so great – as far as, I mean, that's not great. But, like, as far as, like, writing siblings, it's, like, spot on the nose. Yeah. And um, it's one of those where, as an older sibling, there are some times where you're, like, I don't have to be telling you anything. Yeah. And even if, like, Eric were to hide it, that'd be, like, some older siblings do have that where it's just, like, I it's I don't feel like business. telling you this thing. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that it is that, you know, fine line of wanting to tell and then being, like, yeah, this is going to suck. And also, I feel like, too... As far as their sibling relationship goes, it's been very different. I think it was the start of the season where they were coming back from their road trip, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. they had that whole summer of bonding, and then we get other moments of them, like, being close. And I think that this this moment of, like, Eric being like, I'm doing this nice thing for you because I'm trying as hard as I can to make this easier because I know that it's terrible. But I also know that I have to tell you because I don't know, like, what else to do. And we get a lot of, like, good Eric brother moments in this episode that I am very excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should just talk about them. (laughs) Sure. 
Okay, so the next scene, we're in the cafeteria. Sean and Topanga are sitting at a table talking, and Corey sees them as he walks in. He goes up to their table and says, Sean, hi. Topanga, hi. The both of you, hi. The camera is panning to, like, each person as he does this, and then it pans out to both of them. They both look very suspicious. Corey finishes, Topanga, I have to talk to you. And she gets up and says, I can't. I have Feeney's history class. And he's like, no, you don't. You have lunch now. And she stops. He's like, how come you didn't call me back last night? She goes, it was really late. He rebuts, it was seven o'clock. She just says, Corey, I have history now. And he leaves. Sean then gets up to follow her. And Corey's like, where are you going? And Sean says, I have history now. And Corey replies, no, you have lunch now with me. Sean's like, you let her go. Corey just stares at him and he relents. Okay, okay, but I only got like a minute or two. Corey's like, okay, listen, I'm going to be absolutely mature about this. Knock, knock. Sean <laughs> says, who's there? Corey goes, you and Topanga together at Chubby's last night. Eric saw you. Sean repeats, you and Topanga together at Chubby's last night. Eric saw you. Who? And Corey <laughs> just drops that, forgets it. He asks, were you at Chubby's last night? Sean replies, Eric has no idea what he saw. Corey just repeats his question, and Sean answers, yes. Corey asks, were you there with Topanga? Sean again answers, yes. And Corey says, okay, I'll be looking for a no on this next one. Got it? Sean says, yes. Corey's like, no. Did you kiss her? Sean says, yes. And Corey's like, no. You kissed her? Sean says, Corey, it was no big deal, okay? Topanga got into a fight with her parents. She was real emotional, and I happened to be there, so I gave her a hug, and yes, I gave her an innocent kiss. Innocent. That's what happened, and you know I tell you everything. Corey thinks about this. Yeah, but how come she didn't come to me? And Sean says, she will. We just happened to run in into each other first, that's all. Corey says, okay, well, I guess I feel better then. Sean says, Topanga loves you. Your brother's got you jumping to conclusions. Tell him to back off. Corey says, excuse me. And we flip transition to him yelling at Eric in their living room. And Sean's my best friend. And Topanga loves me, okay? And it takes a pretty twisted sibling to think that they would ever entertain the thought of sneaking around behind my back. You know, Sean was right about you. Seeing what you don't see, jumping to conclusions. You are my brother, Eric. You're supposed to protect me. Eric says, excuse me. And we flip transition to Chubby's where Eric is standing next to Sean who is playing pinball and greets him. Hey, Eric. Eric rips him from the pinball machine and slams him against the wall. And Sean says, Eric, leave me alone. You don't know what's going on, okay? Eric says, yeah, you think you can do something that causes Corey pain and you're not gonna get pain back? Another slam. You don't know what's going on. Corey then runs in and pulls Eric off saying, listen, let him go, okay? I've thought this out and I've reached my own conclusions. Without looking, he shoves Sean who has stepped off the wall like back up against it and finishes. And my own conclusion is that something bad happened. Something bad happened, didn't it? Sean confirms, yeah, it did. And Corey's like, then tell me. Sean says, I can't. Okay, you just got to talk to Topanga. Corey leaves without saying anything more. And Eric follows, but not before giving Sean like a warning point. Sean sort of like backs up against the wall. And that's the end of the scene. I kind of love this. I love <laughs> Eric sticking up for Corey it's so really much. It's really nice. This is something that you mentioned, the fact that they came back from this road trip and now they have this deeper bond. This would not in my opinion, have happened in like the first couple of seasons because Corey's just like, I mean, he would have stood by him, but they had a yeah. different relationship at the beginning where he was just the younger brother that was kind of being annoying and just sure. being around. And so I love I love this, that he actually is willing to go find Sean and actually try yeah. to stick up for Corey and actually being like, you will not hurt him, actually. Like, I, I get that you're his best friend, but like... That's exactly why you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the moment for Corey to go to Eric and basically like berate him for trying to help. Yeah. And then his friend is like, I don't want to say gaslighting him, but like a little bit <laughs> gaslighting him <laughs> about like, 
Alex jumping to conclusions like blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, but you're you're also not being honest about the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like, he's not trying to take Topanga's place because it is something that like, yeah, has to be said by her. But he's doing it in a way where it's like, I mean, you can give him a little bit more than that. Right. And not be like, actually, it's Eric's fault. He doesn't know what he saw. Like, no, he could have just said (laughs) you could have just said it was a kiss on the cheek. Calling it an innocent kiss makes it seems like there was more that happened than did happen. And it's like very unclear to me that like there there (laughs) there are things you could have done to make this less bad, Sean. And also explain, like, this is Topanga's thing. She has to talk to you about it. Yeah. Without making your best friend, like, doubt his brother and also feel weird about the situation. And he just, like, didn't do any of those things. I'm like, that's bad friendship. Um, But I really love that after that moment where Corey turns around and is like, Eric, uh, Eric does not take any of that out on Corey. He's like, this is not you. Like, you're dealing with something else. (laughs) And I'm going to go talk to the person who told you all that bullshit. Like, we're going to have it out. <laughs> and I just kind of love that. Like, he could have, like, fully been like, okay, Corey, well, then that I'm not going to do anything for you ever again, right? Yep, and he instead that. was like, actually, this is my brother, and I can understand that he has not been given all the information. And so I'm going to go get all the information from the yeah. person who was existing in it. And I just kind of love that. It's like, it, it, oh, I want to say it's what I would do. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> It's what I don't I know want if I'm to that do. good. It's what I would want to do. And yeah. I just think that's really great. Yeah, and it doesn't help. I mean, the way, again, that they're setting up this entire situation, they, they're giving Corey the guiltiest looks whenever yes. they are in the cafeteria. And they're avoiding talking to Corey. They all have the same classes together, and yet right. they're both lying about the fact that they have a class a right now. No. <laughs> but they all have history with Feeny. That's yeah. a thing. <laughs> and you all are literally all at lunch, which is why I was like, you have lunch now. <laughs> You're, she could have. She could have said something like, "I have to go to the bathroom" or something. Right. Literally anything. <laughs> Literally else. anything that's not. She's like, I, "I have to go, go to class." class. <laughs> your class is definitely not started yet. We all know your class is not started yet. And the fact that Sean was also like, "I'm gonna just say class of all the places that Sean could be." He's Sean like, class. specifically. <laughs> I also have to go to class. Okay. I will say because I did think with the angle of the kiss, it being a cheek kiss, I think. Uh, like consent wise but also with friends more innocent kisses on the cheek just in general i oh, like whenever sure. i get like a friendly kiss uh on the cheek. they're cute <laughs> they're just nice kissing it's friends. just like a little bit of affection without anything really with it you know yeah platonic <laughs> intimacy is great yeah that being said that wasn't the problem he didn't clarify yeah the kiss and he just said it was an innocent kiss and Corey was not there did not see it did not exactly do anything and that was shitty of him to do yeah. I did love how I did. You brought up the thing about Eric not taking it out on Corey. And I do love that because he's like, excuse me. Yeah. He's like, I'm nope. sorry. Even, I'm gone. I'm going to go deal with it over there. Because, because, yeah. Corey comes home and just like berates him. Yeah. For telling him the wrong thing. And he's like, are you fucking Not even the me? wrong thing. Telling him what he saw. Yeah. Telling him that what yeah. he saw was wrong is what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. Eric just being like, no. Okay. Yeah. Like, That's clearly wrong, somebody but else I- is putting this. Like, we've already talked. I know where you are, actually, emotionally. Yeah. And I'm going to go deal with the person who is part of this. And this is just, there's barely any violent things, quote unquote, that, like, happen in the show. And so yeah. for him to throw Sean up on the wall, I remember watching it the first time. It was like, damn. Yeah. Okay. And then for the fact hot. that Corey then to do it, too, to him, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, one, no. the pushback is, like, really great. It's It's both funny and also, like... 
I've reached my own conclusion. And Corey, Sean's like, yeah. He's like ready to like step up. And Sean's like immediately shoved back against the wall. It's so funny and also really well done. And I, I just love it. And um, I also love, I actually, now that you say that line again, I do love the fact that Corey was like, I've thought about this for a minute. And there's like a reason that all of this was going on. Like no yeah. one just fabricated this. Something's and, not adding up still. Yeah. Because either way, even if like Eric didn't see the full picture, and also, like, Sean's not telling me the full truth. Like, something yeah. is in the middle of all of it, and I yeah. don't know what that thing is. And exactly. I have to figure out what. And you know who's in the middle of it? Topanga. Topanga! <laughs> my wife! <laughs> um, okay, so we go to the next scene. We are in Topanga's room. She is sitting on her desk looking at a framed photo of her and Corey. <laughs> Sid. <laughs> Um, when he knocks on her window, she opens it for him and asks what he's doing. He waits a beat, then kisses her, and she says, what was that for? He says, I wanted to be the last one to kiss you before I kill you. She says, Corey, and he continues, my favorite part about our relationship is that we've always been able to talk to each other about anything, so I want you to talk to me. She looks at him a beat and then kisses him, and he says, what was that for? And she says, I wanted to be the last one to kiss you before I kill you. She walks away a bit, and he says, this is really bad, huh? And she turns and says, Corey, look. You're my best friend. I mean, you always have been, and more. And I know how young and stupid this is, but I've always believed that we'd be together for the rest of our lives. Corey mumbles, stop time. And she's like, what? And he says, I want to call stop time now. I want to stop time because I know if you are if you keep going, then you're going to get to the bad part. But I know that if we stop time, then we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. She, oh my God. <laughs> Can I get through this without crying? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, she sits down on her bed and starts to cry and he says Topanga I called a stop time you can't cry nothing happens during stop time we're just together he's sat down next to her now and she leans into him and can and he continues please don't cry they sit like that for a moment until he looks around and asks how come there's so many boxes in your room she sits up and says Corey my family and I are moving he says to a different house on the same block you live on now she says, we're leaving Philadelphia. He stares at her in shock, and that is how we end the scene. How dare they go to commercial break right <laughs> They have to. I know they do, but still. <laughs> yeah, so the way that the scene opens up, they kind of not show all of her room, but you can already tell based on the set, it's very empty. Mm-hmm. And I, as soon as that happened, I was like, she's moving. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Um like you know exactly what's going on uh the fact that he kisses her in the way that he does like he kind of dips her like back a little bit Mm. like it's just a very a little passionate kiss for just the two of them being yeah 16 years old yeah um and the fact (laughs) i don't even i don't want to talk about the scene i do but i don't (laughs) i know it's really hard we're emotionally invested they're they're kissing though I don't. Why do I have so many notes about this? <laughs> very <laughs> involved. Kissing? Yeah. Um, it's just. It's like the older they get, the more intimate their kisses are, and the like the more real their love feels. And that's what yeah. I love about it. Because mm. again, they're little actors. They're little children, and they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the whole thing about wanting to stop time. And this is there. There's another show which I referenced last week as well, which I think is funny, but How I Met Your Mother does this exact thing with, like, the mm. stop time and just, like, kind of having the pause and, like, no, we're not going to talk about these things. Yeah. And this is the first time I've seen it in this show, but, like, in that show, there's a moment where they, like, someone wants to call a stop and then they're like, no, and, like, they keep pressing it and they're, like, yelling at some point about, like, pause 
does. And it's like, no, we have to do this. Oh, God. It gets really intense and it's very good, but very sad. And this just reminded me of that because it's like he he just doesn't want this to be going on. But that's like not how life operates. Like you can't just pause and act like nothing is going on. And it's just so sad. (laughs) And the fact of it them being the reveal of like he notices you have a lot of boxes in your room. It's like, yeah, yeah Corey, think about it. <laughs> I think that that's really, that is so interesting to me, right? Because you said we can see the set. And so we see all the boxes. It's like very clear to deduce. She's not going to be living here anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, this is not the same room that we've seen the two of them in too. Like exactly. it's been filled with a lot of things and a lot of just her own memorabilia and he's like so he he's so blinded about the fact that he's mad he's like so focused on her specifically that he doesn't see anything else in the room until he has a second to like stop and i think that's first of all really good writing and second of all deeply painful (laughs) like 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 because if he thought about it for two seconds he would deduce that right but he's like so i can't focus on anything but like us and you and like whatever is happening with you right now that I'm like not even thinking about logistics and like things that are logical right yeah and there are so many things that she's saying too when she's talking to him that would Mm -hmm. also not like allude to it but it could also be skewed in the way of oh she's just like she's breaking up with me because of like something bad that happened because she's like I always thought that we were gonna be together forever and I'm like this (laughs) The way her voice is breaking when she has like this little speech, I'm yeah. like, oh, oh. <laughs> and guess what? It gets worse. <laughs> it does get worse, but um, I think we should take a little break right now. I think oh. we're going to take a little break and uh, we'll be right back with more of a long walk to Pittsburgh part one after this. Hello, Nostalgia Buds. It's Sid. Welcome to the Midroll, the spot where we do announcements, featured ads, and anything else that we want to talk about. Did you like that name? I've said it before. I'm going to try saying it more because we're all Nostalgia Buds. You know what I mean? Uh, Keeping it, again, short and sweet with this Midroll because the episode is a little bit long. So first things first, if you like our show and any of the others on the network, please consider backing us at patreon.com slash scavengersnetwork. For just $2 a month, you can get access to hours and hours of bonus content, and every donation helps support us and the network. Another reminder that Tay and I are going to be at C2E2 this year. So if you are also going to be in attendance, come reach out and say hi. We're going to be around where I think we've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is the plan, but we're going to be doing uh, the Adventure Zone cosplays uh, while we're there. So going to be a fun time as well as 90s stuff obviously but uh it's going to be a fun weekend and uh yeah hope to see you there as well another quick reminder feel free to participate in those audio submissions uh, if you go to anchor.fm slash lost years pod click on message you can send us a little voice message we will include it in the show uh, it'll just be a fun way for all of you to get involved as well especially when we talk about nostalgia and you know if you have thoughts on the show, if you'd like to submit them, feel free to. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. <laughs> Do you have water nearby? Uh, if not, you should get some. And while you're at it, treat yourself to a little snack because you deserve it. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the episode. 
This world is a peaceful one. Plains, mountains, swamps, pines, cicadas sing, rivers flow, magic thrums through the air, and all of it's surrounded by a single massive wall, as ancient as history itself. So, you know, not that ancient. Thanks to the loss, prehistoric ain't all that long ago. Oh well, life is good, and assuming you don't mind the looming threat of a mysterious skeletal society. Side character quest. A D&D adventure, one player at a time. Some worlds need a hero. This one? Eh, might need a bit more than that. And we're back in Topanga's room. They are still sitting on the bed, and she says we're leaving the day after tomorrow. There's no way out of this. My mom was transferred to Pittsburgh, and they need her right away. Corey, you have to say something. He says, I don't believe in Pittsburgh. I believe in us. I don't... <laughs> so just immediately... <laughs> I don't Stop. care if there's I... Want... Some, no, there's it's... some lines in this entire episode that I thought, who wrote that? Yeah. Why are you doing this? It's me? like, I feel that line in my chest. It hurts really bad. Um, I don't care if I have to walk to Pittsburgh. Nothing's going to come between us, all right? We're going to be together for the rest of our lives, okay? So there, I'm as young and stupid as you. She leans back into him and says, I'm sorry, I was afraid to talk to you. And here you are trying to make me feel better. Corey, what's going to happen? He says, nothing. Look, what's going to happen is that this is a test for our relationship, a simple piece of cake test for a relationship as solid as ours. She says, you're right. If two people who care about each other as much as we do can't hold it together, then there's no hope for anyone. He says, yeah, I mean, it's going to take something a lot bigger than Pittsburgh to tear us apart. She kisses him, and he asks, what was that for? And she says, I wanted to be the last one to kiss you before I kiss you again. They touch foreheads, and that is the end of the scene. <laughs> I don't like that line. <laughs> That's the only complaint I have about that episode. It, the entire episode is that that line, a little clunky. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I know what they were going for because it's right. the kiss me before I kill you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss you before I kiss you? <laughs> it's just me? not – it doesn't have the same – impact it's not really hitting everything else in the scene perfect <laughs> yeah um yeah her moving away is so immediate and i feel yeah. horrible for them like i really feel for them that's just a lot the the line about the i don't believe in pittsburgh i believe in us clearly it made me cry again so that's great <laughs> i think what they really do well in this entire scene is kind of capture that uncertainty too mm -hmm. about future when you seem so secure in something and then just having it taken away from you and especially that fast and like not even being able to really process it yeah they have zero time to process none at all like the it's like two the whole days episode, i think she said yeah yeah she's like leaving in two days is them trying to figure out how to process this in the the quickest turnaround time and i feel horrible for them what does her mom do <laughs> they need her in pittsburgh they never she say. gotta go to pittsburgh <laughs> we only ever hear about her dad's job i don't even think when we eventually meet her mom, we find out what she does. She, I'm pretty sure we don't. Awesome. It's so weird. Be like, why'd you, why'd you take her away? Yeah. <laughs> this is Lawrence. What the hell? Literally insane. Um, I think um, the the line that also got me to at the end was whenever Corey said that it was going to be a piece of cake. It's not. Um, mm. I can tell you that. And this again, this is an episode that hit me way too hard um, <laughs> for my own personal life. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't want to be like, you are so young. You have no idea. But I was like, you're young you and are. stupid, baby. 
also the, the, the little forehead at the end was the cutest thing that I've ever seen <laughs> I know I mm. see the, that is the sweetest and the cutest because it's just like it's very much like I just need to be near you um which is why I'm so sad that it's preceded by <laughs> that one very poorly written line <laughs> it's just a little clunky especially because she doesn't actually kiss him again in that moment so I'm like <laughs> why did you say it you're not gonna kiss him again um yeah but the the yeah i don't the thing about this too is like you can tell that they are both so scared Mm -hmm. um and to have that like deep uncertainty that fear of like this is the one thing that i have known that i feel secure in more than anything else in my life and it is getting ripped away from me and i can't do anything about it is like so intense especially when you're 16 Mm -hmm. that like I cannot even fathom it yeah and again you dear listener picture yourself at 16 years old and then like having to deal with a bunch of emotions (laughs) like just like every just a bunch of emotions (laughs) every other like heightened thing that you have in your life and you're dealing with and then you get this freaking thing (laughs) like never mind the fact that like she has to move away from the only place she's ever known for uh, essentially her whole life at 16 knowing full well that it's like all of her friends are there like her whole life has been there and she has to move mm-hmm. in three days it seems like but like based on when Corey finds out which is like the night before the day before they talk about it and they have right. to leave in two days so they have like a full minimum maximum three-day turnaround on like when she is actually having to go right and like how you have zero time to process this you're getting ripped away from your whole life and your best friend and your partner that's so much yeah and like i can't even like we don't see her parents in this at all and i kind of wish we had gotten like a little bit of their argument or something because i can't imagine like being her parents and because what it seems like is her parents are just like we're doing this right good luck we're gonna do it and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be fine and i'm sorry but it's happening because like she had a fight with her parents about it right Mm -hmm. so i just oh I feel so bad for her and for them. It would be interesting to see also like what type of compassion or like empathy they had for it. Right. And not just being like, hey, we're doing this thing. Yeah. And I'm I, very I don't know because you only get Topanga's perspective of it. And mm-hmm. that's not always the full picture, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a theme throughout this entire episode is <laughs> you don't get the we full picture of anything. We are just not getting the full picture. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so the next scene, we are in the Matthews kitchen. Amy says, Corey, honey, I know how hard this must seem right now, but sometimes we have to believe that things happen for a reason and that life works out for the best. This is the last thing I would want to hear. I, I was going to say, that's one of my notes. <laughs> that sucks. Um, I would, I, it's fine. Corey doesn't even really hear this, but I, I'm so angry. Like, I don't even know how to talk about this line. It makes me so mad. I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Uh, Corey has leaned over a big map on the kitchen table and says, Mom, listen, everything's going to work out. I mean, do you know how close Philadelphia and Pittsburgh actually are? It's very easy. It's just a matter of rearranging some schedules. Amy says, no, I think it's going to be harder than you realize. Alan says, Amy, Corey is trying very hard. Now, why do we have to? And she says, because, Alan, it's going to be harder than he realizes. And I think he needs to know that. 
Corey says, mom, listen, Topanga and I have talked about this, okay? If we believe we can make this work, why would you doubt us? She replies, I don't doubt your feelings for Topanga. It's just that long distance relationships are very difficult. Corey's like, okay, so what are you saying? You want us to just give up? She's like, no, Corey, I'm saying that you have lived around the corner from each other all your lives and now you won't and that's gonna make things painful. Corey to Alan says, why is mom talking about pain? Alan relents because it may be tougher than you think. Corey says, listen, guys, Topanga and I know what's in each other's hearts, okay? And if our heart says we're worth any sacrifice for each other and we're willing to make those sacrifices because we're going to be together for the rest of our lives, then why shouldn't we? Amy says, the rest of your lives. Corey's like, yeah, that's right. She says, Corey, you're 16 years old. And Corey says, yeah, mom, so were a couple of friends of mine called Romeo and Juliet. And they turned out okay, didn't they? He walks upstairs as the parents just look at each other and that is the end of the scene. Sorry, the Romeo and Juliet is such a bad take. He's such a dingus. <laughs> it's so funny, though. It's yeah. like exactly something he would say. Yeah, <laughs> he for just sure. like doesn't know. Um, I love that so much. But yeah, I, I just, the first line being like, some things happen for a reason and life works out for the best is not at all helpful to what Corey needs in this moment. And normally I feel like his parents are very good at understanding what their kids need. And so this frustrates me because it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right, I guess. Well, the, the trouble with it too is like totally understand where Amy is coming from with it. I hate Mm it, but As an adult, you're able to kind of navigate like different experiences from like an outside perspective. Yes. Uh, Like Corey's obviously, they're 16. Like they don't know everything. That's, again, we've talked about this before when you're a teenager, you just think you know everything and that's false. You think you do. Yeah. But in this case, she's trying to help him out by telling him that, you know, this is, this is just bad. Like, yeah. (laughs) And it's gonna be bad and and it's supposed why would you to be ever, bad yeah and like why would you ever <laughs> want to hear that why would you think that anybody would want to hear that yeah especially because you know how how big of a deal and like an impact that Topanga has on his life and just to be like yeah you know what sometimes it just happens <laughs> be like, it's very um, tough love me. in a way that like doesn't make sense to me and how Amy normally deals with her kids yeah and so I am just like very confused by this characterization though I understand why it's happening yeah because conflict um but I also feel like the thing that Corey needs right now like you can get the point across of like this is going to be a lot harder than you realize without trying to like because it feels like right now she's just kind of digging the knife in (laughs) like this is going to be hard and you're not processing that it's going to be hard but it's going to be hard and you need to think about that and like that's not what he needs right now and it just doesn't feel like kind to me to like it just I don't know it, it's like that's frustrating to me in, th- in that moment yeah that said it is very interesting to think about the concept of a long distance relationship in the 90s because the internet barely existed and most people didn't have access to it and also there weren't cell phones or like video calls or any of the things that make a long distance relationship feasible and easier in this day and age and even then they're not easy they're just slightly easier And so in all the ways he's not thinking about that, like that's very true. It will be harder than he realizes. I just wish it weren't like the focus of this moment because that's not what he needs. It's also rare that, I mean, this seems very out of character for Amy, but it's rare that you get a Corey and Amy kind of conflict. Like it always Mm -hmm. seems like it's Alan and Corey. And the fact that Corey is like looking over to his dad, like why is she talking like that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. He's like, why is she talking about pain? (laughs) 
<laughs> to his dad is like, and also Alan in this moment is like, he's trying really hard. Do we have to do this right now? Yeah. And she's like, yes, yes, we do actually have to do it right now. <laughs> I'm like, why? You don't. Yeah, it's. It is so hard because it is also in the 90s and they are in high school. And it kind of seems like she's trying to help him in a way that's like, listen, this is going to be hard. And like, if it doesn't work out, like it doesn't work out. And yeah, it, it could have been a way of like, hey, we're going to try to help you the best that we can and then be like ready to say at the end of all of it, like if it didn't yes. work, didn't work. Yeah. But that's also not like that would have been that would have made sense to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would have been better. That would have been what he, you know, kind of needed in that moment, I think, was just somebody to be like. I am going to support you in your attempt at this, but, and, 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 and still say like, it's going to be hard. Like, I need you to know that it's going to be hard, but also I'm here for you and I support you. Yeah. And like, she was not really doing that aspect of it, which is right. why I'm like, help him. You're not helping. You're just making it sad or that yeah, it is. Literally just kicking him while he's down, which really? is again, not the way that Amy ever parents, which is confusing. Uh, yeah, it's confusing. It's weird. I, I feel like they like... We've seen like Alan kind of do it once in a while, but not yeah. Amy. Amy's always Alan, like the voice of reason. Exactly. <laughs> Alan is very tough love. We've seen that several times from him in his conflicts with both Eric and Corey. And so for it to be Amy in this moment is just so confusing. And like, like literally an episode ago, two episodes ago with mm-hmm. Wheels is like, Amy was very much like... <laughs> Corey or Corey to Alan like Corey's 16 like he's 16 he wants to like do stuff and then also to Corey being like this is your father like trying to find that middle ground and that compromise and like to be so tough love in this moment just feels deeply out of character in a way that is frustrating but I understand it but I don't like it (laughs) anyway on to the next scene (laughs) which I've never announced a scene like that before in my life (laughs) Uh, do that forever now <laughs> yeah it's on to the next uh we're in the Matthews backyard Corey is on the deck reading Romeo and Juliet feeling good about his and Topanga's chances based on the beginning half of the book Feeney comes out and asks if he's brushing up on his Shakespeare Corey confirms you know how you're always saying we should take what we learn in the classroom and apply it to everyday life Feeney asks you and Topanga Corey replies she's moving to Padua <laughs> Feeney corrects in Pittsburgh, she told me. I'm sorry, Mr. Matthews. It's so fu- He knows it's Pittsburgh. Why would he say Padua? Because he's just in the moment. <laughs> Padua. I don't even know where that is. I think that's in Romeo and Juliet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a city in Veneto, Italy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, that's actually incredible. I take back my laughing. It's very funny, but also smart. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just processing how great that is now. I don't know where, I didn't know where Padua is and I didn't care to look it up until just now. <laughs> um, that's great. Wow, I love it so much. Uh, so Feeney corrects in Pittsburgh. She told me, I'm sorry, Mr. Matthews. Corey says, well, listen, there are those who don't believe we can make it because we're just a couple of kids, but you know, here's the proof. And he holds up the book, Mr. Feeney, that two kids with everything against them can take the power of love and make it work. <laughs> Feeney looks away and says, oh boy. Corey looks up and says what Feeney says you haven't actually finished the play have you Corey says well they're in love what could possibly go wrong Feeney's like flip ahead a little Corey does and starts to read the end of the play where Juliet is killing herself with Romeo's happy dagger after she awakes to find him dead he looks up at Feeney and says happy dagger see happy Feeney gestures for him to read the rest of it and he does reading Juliet's death then to Feeney says Shakespeare (laughs) what a hack he turns away and throws the book in frustration Feeney steps over to their yard and says, you know, Corey, over the course of a person's life, he comes across a few defining moments. Now, this is one of yours. It's an opportunity, really. 
Corey says, Mr. Feeney, I don't know. Pittsburgh's 305 miles away. Maybe I'm just kidding myself. Feeney says, for as long as I've known you, whenever you've been faced with adversity, you have always risen to the occasion. I have no reason to believe that you won't again. Corey asks, do you believe that two 16-year-olds can be in love? Friar Feeney. Feeney smiles and says, I believe that you and Miss Lawrence have something that you won't allow yourselves to lose. And if you search your heart and listen to its instruction, you won't go wrong. Corey nods and sort of like, puts an arm around Feeney, pats him on the shoulder and says, thanks. <laughs> that was brilliant. My true journey to Tobango begins, huh? He gets up and runs out of the yard and Feeney watches him go kind of confused and then says to himself, yes, well, there we are. And that is the end of the scene. Mm. So one, again, I always love whenever Feeney just comes out to comfort him. I just think yeah. that's nice. Um, P- picture when I'm reading just a lot of very swelling, nice music behind yeah. all the things I'm saying. <laughs> um. Or imagine, I guess, not picture. Yeah, I love the little, like, who boy <laughs> that he does, though. It's very funny. Because um, yeah. he's like, how do I how comfort do I do this? this kid and tell him, you know, if it's supposed to work and you don't want to lose it, like, then it you have to actually fight for it and make it work. But yeah. not in a way that's like, fight for it, which Corey takes that to heart a little bit and yeah. kind of wants to take an immediate action. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's that's not the point, but... I don't know. I just love this entire dialogue that they have, especially after everything that he just went through with his parents, because it's kind of nice for him to kind like have that reassuring arm of like Feeney knows what he's talking about and he's going to be there to like listen to me and also support me in this. Yeah. While giving him like actual feedback. Yeah. Being honest with him in a way that is like helpful and what he needs in the moment and not like discouraging him from just like trying, you know, and the way that Corey maybe takes this advice is not necessarily correct or advisable, but it is, it does give him a sense of hope, which I think is the thing that he needs more than anything else in like this whole situation. He just wants to have hope about their relationship and their friend, like their friendship and, and just like everything that's going on in this moment, like it feels very hopeless. And so that's what he needs in the moment is to have hope about the situation. And I think Feeney gives him that in a way that is very, um, both honest and also very sweet. Yeah. No, I love it. Ugh. It's just so okay. sad. It's such a sad thing because he's also witnessed them just growing up and like having this relationship. And I just feel yeah. that. It's really hard. It's, it's weird and it's hard and it's sad and there's more. It just gets sadder. <laughs> um, so the next scene, we're in Topeka's bedroom. We get sort of a flip transition from that moment to this one, um, to Corey on his knees, hugging Topeka's waist, begging her to marry him. She's sort of amused by this. And eventually he gets up and is like, let's go see how much your parents will kick in. It starts to try to leave the room, but she stops him. Corey, we can't get married. His face falls and he asks, can we see each other every weekend? She says, yeah. Can we write letters to each other every day? He says, yeah, every day. They hug, and after a beat, he pulls away and says, look, I don't know. I mean, it is a new town, a new school, new people. I mean, pretty sure, pretty soon, guys are going to be lining up to ask you out. With me not there, why shouldn't you accept? She says, well, what about you, Corey? I know a million girls who'd love to go out with you. He says, really? Because I was thinking about Ted. She's like, Corey. And he says, a little tension breaker. She asks, so where does that leave us? I'm leaving for Pittsburgh tomorrow night. He says, yeah, well, it's a long walk to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment of, they said it. <laughs> they said it. 
Um, she nods and says, so does that mean I have to give you back your jean jacket? She grabs it off the bed and he kind of laughs and says, no, keep it. It's yours. He drapes it around her shoulders and then holds her and finishes like I am. She smiles and says, good, because I wouldn't have given it back to you anyway. And them holding each other is the end of the scene. <laughs> it's devastating. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I think... This is one of the most realistic portrayals of this conversation and this type of situation happening that I've seen. Mm. And again, it's the 90s. It's not today how there is like easily accessible ways to communicate that are not this. Like, I mean, the fact that they're like trying to see each other every weekend, that's logistically not feasible. Like, I know it's just a drive or in this case, a walk to Pittsburgh, but it's not like that's still a, a huge distance. And, like, writing to each other every day, like, they're being extremely optimistic about it while, like, trying to make a plan. And, you know, there's still that whole level of uncertainty that I mentioned earlier now that it's, like, getting that close because it's tomorrow now. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, talking about how they're both afraid of, like, the other meeting new people and, like, that's a whole real thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, figuring out communication schedules, like, it's all so real. And this is... I just really love it because it's so sad and you feel for them, but it's like exactly what they're going through. And the fact that the both of them at the end, when they're like looking away, like Topanga's kind of smiling, but like both of them just don't look satisfied with it. And that's, yeah, that's real. Like (laughs) I can't stress how crazy this scene was to me to like watch it because I just, it feels exactly like what you're watching, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which my whole thing (laughs) have we talked about how you were in a long distance relationship i was everybody (laughs) that's part Uh, of keyword was (laughs) keyword was Uh. but yeah i mean it's just weird it's like you're not gonna be with this person every single day and having to like agree to it but then like not actually like being able to experience that yet and not knowing what that future situation is going to be like and just kind of having it as the okay this is our plan I mean, it's really hard. (laughs) And I know that they keep saying throughout this and like Amy tried to repeat it and like Feeney too, but it's like, it's difficult. Like it's going to be very difficult and you just don't know it until you start, start doing it, which is the worst, (laughs) the worst feeling because you always want to have a plan and then you just don't know. Yeah. And man, I'm curious. Do you, would you classify this as a breakup? No. No. I don't either, but I've heard some talk about how it is. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) they're not talking about breaking up. (laughs) No, I mean, the only line that I could have seen that with is uh, them talking about like being with other people. Yeah. But that didn't seem to me like a breakup that also just meant to me like, yeah, I mean, you could be with other people. Yeah. We're scared. Like we're we're still aware about the fact that there are other people that exist and we're not going to be in each other's lives every single day so that's going to be different and somebody is and that's hard like that's that's stressful to even think about without ever having to experience it so I wouldn't characterize it as a breakup I don't either but I I heard somebody recently call it a breakup and I was like they didn't break up though like at the very end he's like it's yours like I am I feel like they're not breaking up (laughs) um so yeah I was just curious but um yeah I mean I have never been in a long distance relationship um so I don't really have much by way of that perspective but as far as just like these two 
children <laughs> having this like very <laughs> painful and sad moment of and and the like in the moment where she definitely needs some levity, him being kind of silly and being like, marry me. We can get a house on a, on a, in a nice upscale neighborhood. Like, no spiders. <laughs> like, it's very cute. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, for them to, like, really sort of try to talk through the logistics of, like, can we see each other? Can we write letters? Like, man. Writing letters through every day made me think of uh, The Notebook, where he's like, I wrote you three and six, five letters. I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> I think the one you thing you wrote me. <laughs> I, I said that this is a very realistic portrayal. I think the only thing that could have made it more realistic is if they were crying because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't happening. And I thought these two are too brave for not crying, and that seems false. <laughs> um, especially because Topanga was crying in the scene before whenever yeah. they were talking about it. That I'm like, this is the moment where you guys are officially at this point like talking about it yeah more than just oh it's happening in the future like it's tomorrow this is your talk um so it's cute but that's my one note (laughs) my one note there should have been tears a tear would have been nice (laughs) there were none (laughs) there were none that's true so the next scene we are at chubby's Corey is i guess getting a sugar rush he's got several bottles and cans of nondescript red soda in front of him and finishes chugging a glass sean is across from him and says so what are you topega doing this weekend Corey's like you know what occurs to me that we have been here an hour and you have yet to feel bad for me now why is that why haven't you felt bad for me Sean goes, Corey, would you say that I happen to watch a lot of TV? Corey says, more than anyone I know. Why? Sean says, I have seen this plot a thousand times, and it always ends exactly the same. The girlfriend never moves away. Corey's like, Sean, this girlfriend's mom got a job in Pittsburgh. Sean's like, yeah, 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 I know. All packed up and rolled in a new school. Boo-hoo, tears, tears. Give me a challenge, okay? Topanga is not going anywhere. Corey says, Sean, it's not TV. Sean says, trust me. (laughs) Corey... (laughs) Which is, we've seen this exact, like, exchange earlier in the season. Corey thinks and goes, so you're saying she can't move if we're really supposed to be together, can't she? Sean replies, not if TV is the true mirror of our lives. Corey's like, okay, wait, what about tomorrow night? Now, tomorrow night, she's coming over to my house to say goodbye. What about that? Sean says, it's not going to happen. Corey goes, what about ER? Now, the doctor on (laughs) ER, she really left. How do you explain that? Sean, very seriously, says, ER is real. (laughs) This moment's everything to me. They sort of (laughs) nod and chuckle at each other. And Corey is excited now. He says, so you don't really think she's going to leave, do you? Sean says, no, I don't. And Corey asks, why not? And he says, because you don't deserve that kind of pain. They nod at each other. And that is the end of the scene. My whole entire heart. (laughs) Like, this is worse in the long run because it does not prepare Corey for just, like, anything at all. Correct. Um, (laughs) But it is so sweet of Sean to be like, you don't deserve that. So there's no way it's happening to you. Yeah. Okay. This immediately starting with the pops, I think, is one of the funniest things. It's that so he, funny. They're just all stacked. It seems like he's getting drunk, but he is not because he's, <laughs> he's 16. He's drinking soda. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that was kind of wild to me this entire scene is Sean is so chipper. And I know that this is the point, right? They're making it a, a little bit of a meta joke, but it's like, hey, no, like you're going to be good. This is how it's going to wrap in the next, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes of the episode. But knowing that he was at the beginning of this entire episode and was like there and comforting her and was like mm-hmm. very kind of solemn with her to then be like, yeah. she's not actually moving. That's a very big flip for Sean. It is a weird shift. You're not wrong. And it's like, it's still great because it sets up more more of the plot. Um, yeah. 
leading to it, but I did think that was interesting. And I also, I know it's not the point of this episode, but I did want to note that Sean is at Chubby's every single time that we see him that's not school. And I think that's interesting because they're not showing him back at home and have not really since uh, the beginning of the season. And that's just interesting to me because he doesn't have a place that's really home except Chubby's, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Chubby's in Corey's house. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, no, Sean is, because he's being so chipper and making the jokes about TV, I mean, he is really just not setting Corey up for anything well at the end of the scene or this episode and I feel bad for that but he redeems it a little bit because of the line about the because you don't deserve that kind of pain that's the type of friend that we should all strive for I'm just saying (laughs) yeah like his logic is flawed but his intent is so so good um and it's really hard to like I god I can't imagine watching this when it was airing and being like What's going to happen? Is she going to move? It's almost the end of the episode. Like, well, they never, you know, like, I can't imagine. Uh, like, I, I can't imagine. I need and want that buildup of, like, I know something. And it's that's the part of streaming services that frustrate the hell out of me because you can just keep watching it. And there's no, like, all right, and now pretend like there's a week in between because that's <laughs> what a lot of shows did and still pretend do. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen? I have no idea. Yeah. I really only get that from Dimension 20 now. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, cool. I have to wait a full calendar week. But also, I hate it. (laughs) I want to know what's going to happen now. Why are you making me wait? I know, but but think about as an example, when we were watching Calamity this summer and Uh, you had to wait another week to watch another four hours. (laughs) I needed a week to recover from each Exactly. But that's different. <laughs> no, but it's... Oh, man. Yeah, I think because these episodes are so short, too, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I need this more? Is, I, man, this... Being that this was the first um, sort of two-parter that they do in the series, I can't imagine, like, watching this show religiously every week and then getting to this two-parter and being like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I yeah. have to wait for a conclusion? That's crazy. So the next scene, we are in Corey's backyard. Corey and Sean are waiting, and Topanga walks up and greets them and thanks Sean for coming. Sean says, sure, Topanga. Really sorry you're moving. Like, deeply not the tone. <laughs> Corey looks so anxious, and he says, so listen, Topanga, I was thinking Saturday night we could go to dinner, we could see a movie, we could hold each other for five hours. She's like, Corey, what are you saying? I came over to say goodbye. That's hard enough. He says, Topanga, we don't need to say goodbye because you're not going anywhere. You're not moving. She says, again... What are you saying? My parents are in the car waiting for me. We're leaving for Pittsburgh. He looks truly panicked now. No, you're, you're not moving because we're supposed to be together like we always talked about. So you can't move because we don't deserve that kind of pain. She says, Corey, will you just give me a hug and a kiss and say goodbye to me? He says, no. She hugs him and he doesn't return it. She says, goodbye, Corey. I love you. And tries to kiss him, but he like sort of pulls away from it. And she looks just so sad but she leaves we hear her get in the car and it starts as Corey's face starts to fully crumble um as they watch and he says sean what's happening and sean says it's not over yet that car is gonna turn around just wait just watch any second now Uh uh-huh just wait okay they watch the car drive away and sean finishes what the hell kind of tv show is this we transition and it's clearly much later. Sean and Corey are still standing there. Sean's sort of like looking at the ground and Corey is still looking the way Topanga left. He says, Sean, you know that pain everyone keeps talking about? Sean's like, yeah. Corey says, I think I'm starting to feel it. 
And that is the end of the episode proper. I literally gave myself chills talking about that. (laughs) It's brutal, you guys. It just ends. Yeah, again, Sean not doing him any favors by setting him up for... He was, like, not ready for it or, like, prepared. Because, again, you're not prepared for that type of situation. But, like, he was more accepting of it. And Sean kind of brought his hopes up. Yes. A lot. In a way that was, like, not helpful. Like, Feeney gave him hope in a way that was, like... Supportive while also being like, yeah, encouraging. And Sean did the complete wrong thing here, just truly setting him up to like be absolutely more devastated than he probably would have been. Right. If he had not had that. But oof. And I feel I feel so bad for her then being in the situation where she's like, I have to go. And he's like not reciprocating anything and is like, I love you. And like, he doesn't say anything back like that. That would to me maybe feel like a breakup moment now that I'm thinking about that, because it's like what is going on? Um, I know it's not, but I could get that from there. Um, But the heartbreak in his voice when he says, Sean, what's happening is so... Ben is doing a very good job here. Like his, like the way his face just like, it just tr- sinks. Like, oh. like it, it literally, it like crumbles is the best word for it. Like you can see just like the light drain out of him as he's like waiting for the moment where she turns around and she just doesn't. It's devastating. It is such good acting. And when she goes in to kiss him and then he just doesn't do anything back. I'm like, if you don't do it, she's going to be gone. And then you're going to hate yourself for that yeah. moment forever. I'll be because Sean put a little bit of glimmer of hope in your Put too head. much hope in him. Um, but whenever he's like, what, what the hell kind of TV show is this? I'm like, a great one. That was <laughs> It's very a great funny. one. <laughs> it's a very good line in that moment. It like adds a little bit of levity while Corey is like panicking. <laughs> deeply broken. Yeah. It's, it's such a funny line because it's like deeply meta in a way that is like just what the moment I think needs. But it just like, oh, the the next section of that where they like sort of transition, it's like darker outside, yeah. fully like sucks the air out of the moment. And I it's like so well done. It's so well done. Well, oh. and the fact that he's been standing out there for yes. a long time at this point now, because there is the shift in the background and the lighting and everything. But it's like yep. him ending that with I'm feeling pain I'm now. I'm starting to feel it. Is, yeah. It was just so sad. It's <laughs> It sucks so bad. It hurts so much. It's like deeply. Oh, man. I wept. I wept. I wept. I wept. I mean, the fact that Sean is standing out there with him the entire time, too, is at least for this scene, is also just very nice. And I hope that Sean is now feeling it of like, look what you did. Yeah. I I hope he feels bad. (laughs) I hope you actually feel bad. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You deserve to feel a little bad for this because it is partially your fault. (laughs) You kind of caused this weird pain heartbreak that Corey's feeling. He would have felt it anyway, but like you took like cranked it up to 11. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, this is probably my favorite scene in the whole episode, yes. which is saying something. So end credits. We are still in the backyard. Corey is still out there staring. He is doing that the whole scene. He does not ever once stop staring at where Topanga was when she left. Like He's frozen. As she was leaving. Yeah. Um, but Sean is now gone. Eric walks up and looks the way he is looking, then asks what's going on. And Corey says, not much. Eric <laughs> Eric sniffs and says, it smells good out here. What is that? Trees? <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> it's such a good line. And he does it so well. He delivers it so good. Oh, my God. I love Wilfred L. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he just, like, looks around. 
Corey just says, I didn't even say goodbye, Eric, but his voice is like cracking and broken. Eric replies, that's all right. You'll say goodbye the next time you say hello. Pitts, <laughs> devastating. Pitts, Pitts, <laughs> I'm going to make myself cry. Pittsburgh's not that far. I made the drive last night. Corey asks, you really want? Eric's like, oh yeah, drove there, met a couple girls, told them I drove all the way from Philly. They called me a moron and here I am. <laughs> Corey doesn't respond. So Eric continues, look, I was going to go out, get a pizza, rent some movies. You want to go? Corey says, no, thanks. Eric says, ah, come on. It'll be my treat. We'll go to Little Tony's. Corey says, no, I just think I want to stay here. Eric says, listen, Cor, I know I'm your older brother and everything, but um, I don't know how to protect you from this one. Corey replies, could you just, oh, can you just stay here with me? I'm going to cry. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> it's so much. He says, could you just stay here with me? And Eric says, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere, man. And Eric like starts to look out the way that Corey is looking he gives him another look and then they stand there and stare together and that is the end of the episode in full sorry this is the best way that they could have ended this episode it's really really good because it started with eric and it ends with eric being there for his brother in the way that the only way that he can be right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's so good um oh god yeah Ooh. so can you just stay here with me? <laughs> I, there, I mean, every single line that Eric delivers in the scene is my favorite. And mm-hmm. they wrote this part so well, just <laughs> this whole scene. Um, I mean, the fact that Corey is still standing out there, he is broken. And yeah. it's really sad because he's never had to deal with this before, ever in his life. Or like, like this a, type of pain, ever. It's like a really interesting depiction of like what is probably shock in this moment because he's like not really been able to process okay she's leaving okay maybe she's not leaving i have this hope like well no it was like okay she's leaving okay we are gonna work through this okay maybe she's not leaving and actually it's gonna be fine and we can be together forever the way that we always talked about okay actually she's just gone and i didn't get to say goodbye and now i'm just like (laughs) frozen broken i can't process this i don't know what i'm doing like she's just gone yeah i mean and they they try to break it with that the freaking tree line just make it make you really laugh for a minute before again they break your heart yeah but it's so funny but the fact that he says like most of the lines that i wrote down are eric's lines which i think is something the fact that he says you'll say goodbye the next time you say hello is such a line that i was like oh my god what it's really (laughs) it's really good and the fact that he's trying to get Corey's mind off of it, um, even though obviously like Corey doesn't want to do that and kind yeah. of like tells him a couple times before he's like, you know, I'm just, I just want to like, stand no. here. But he's trying to help him. And the fact that Eric is like, like, I don't know how to help you here. And Corey tells him exactly what he needs. And then he does it. It's such like a... <laughs> It's so such a good. lovely sibling depiction, but like the two of them, I love so much. And he's like really supporting him in this moment in a way that, I mean, f- they all like kind of had throughout the episode, but like that yeah. none of them really had his back except Eric the entire episode. That's really true. <laughs> the only person who has like actually been giving, kind of giving Corey what he needs, which is like honesty when he needs it, and then just empathy when he doesn't. It's like, it's really just Eric. And it's really, oh, it's so much. We're just sitting here crying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
actually. I'm not okay. Crying. <laughs> it's really, it's really well written. It's really well acted. Like the moments that Corey is like, like you can tell that there are moments where he's just like fully dissociating of like, I, I can't think about this. And then the moments where he acknowledges it, like his face just breaks and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, mm, it's just so, it's so well done. I will say too, All the last, the scene. one of the last things is like Eric does stand by him and he's like looking out to where like Topanga left and like where Corey is looking. But there's a moment where like he also just turns and like looks at er- er- Corey yeah. and it's just, <laughs> it's so emotional. Like I, he makes an effort to, like I noticed, to stand close enough to him that he is like, they're like physically touching. So he's like, I am here and I'm staying here <laughs> with you because that is what you need at this moment. <laughs> we are not fine. Uh, if you couldn't tell. I've never cried once on this show. Like I've, I almost have, but not like yeah, this I've level. teared up. But no, um, we're like actively crying. Both of us. <laughs> it's just it's really, really well good. done. Yeah, it's really, really good. well done scene. Um, and just episode. I have like minimal complaints of this episode, but it's yeah. like a very hard topic to deal with, and they did it. <laughs> they did it. They did it very well, and. Boy, oh boy, am I excited to talk about next week's episode. Boy, oh boy, is he meeting the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, the world is really, really kicking back on this one, man. God. Well, what was the lesson, Sid? I mean... <laughs> Do I, like, have to have one for this episode? You don't have to. I think life is just... Life is pain. Life is complicated. (laughs) Like, it's never going to be fully easy. And you you just kind of have to deal with things as they come, even though that you can plan to the best of your abilities. But, like, you're not going to know it until you start to experience it and Mm. just being there for people in the ways that they need help. Yeah. (laughs) I think is the biggest one. Yeah, being there for people in the ways they need help is the thing that I pulled the most out. None of them are doing it except Eric. Like, the the way that he Truly. needed help, everybody was helping in, like, their ways that they thought were best. Yeah, And that's Eric what I was did say. it in the way that he knew that Corey needed help. And that... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was... Everybody was trying to help in the ways that they thought were the right ways to help. And not, like, really... Nobody was really giving Corey what he needed. Or really Topanga, either. Poor girl. She, like... <laughs> Who knows who else she's talking to? <laughs> she's just going through this vaguely alone. She's got Corey and no one else. Um, Except Sean, no, who like, again, Sean set them both up for Sean. failure. Yeah, man, Sean. Yeah. So, yeah, I think being being empathetic and being there for people in the way that they need is the lesson. Yeah. And life is pain. Life is real pain. Okay. <laughs> Well, now it's going to be funny to be like, hey, follow us on social media. (laughs) This is the end of the episode. We cried. Did you cry? Let us know (laughs) on socials. I need all of you who listen to this and have Disney Plus to please go watch this episode if you haven't. Um, Watch this one. And maybe you'll cry. Every so often we say, like, (laughs) actually watch them. And this is 
this one and next week are a good pairing of episodes to watch for sure for sure if you just watch this one and never watch the part two <laughs> as far as you know topanga she gone. is gone forever <laughs> oh how heartbreaking would that be yeah i mean i don't know <laughs> yeah man she's gone forever she's gone she's gone Okay, we got to do the end of the episode. This is yeah. the end. We're here. We're doing it. All right. Well, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Hive, and TikTok at The Lost Years Pod. We share when episodes drop. We share nostalgia things, and we share fun memes. I don't have anything this week, so I because mm. I didn't ask anything last week. Hey, tell us if you cried. That's for real. When was the first time you cried? <laughs> like, When's the first time you consciously remember crying? And not, and like, not about like... Like at a piece of media, how about that? What was the thing yeah, in media that's a good one. that got you to cry for the first time? Because yeah. I can think of some. <laughs> I can think of a couple. I think we've talked about them, but also we're gonna we could talk about them again. That's a good one. Yeah. What's the first piece of media that made you cry? Um, and I'm just gonna say this because it came in while we were talking about this episode. Mm. Someone on Twitter. This is funny. I would never just talk about this, but because it's about this episode. Um at Detort said, since it seems like y'all have already watched a long t- a long walk to Pittsburgh, I feel like I can say this without semi-spoiling. Congrats, you have it. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, I got really scared for a second. <laughs> no, it's about part one. The most brotherly Eric ever was to Corey was in the scene in Chubby's with Sean concerning Topanga and then talking to Corey about it. And yeah. yeah. That came in today? That literally came in three hours ago. They oh knew what God. our schedule was. So That is so cool. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we agreed <laughs> heavily. We talked about it. Um, is really good moment. This is a this is an Eric's Corey the MVP episode, of for this sure. episode. Yeah, this is yeah for sure. Um, so yeah, tell us the first piece of media that you cried in on our socials, or you can email it to us at thelostyearspod at gmail.com. We'll read your email on the show. You can also rate us, write a review on Apple Podcasts, a good pods or Spotify at all those places and subscribe as well, because it helps us out. It helps people find the show and tell a friend while you're at it. If you're doing that, because word of mouth is the best way to help a podcast grow and growth is cool. Yeah. And thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows like Myth Takes and Wet Hot American Moon Juice on www.scavengersnetwork.com. Dot com. Our personal hand. No, I don't say that anymore. Our no. personal handles are the things that we're about to tell you. You can find me on the internet anywhere at Takeo T A Y Y C R O. Except for Twitch, where I'm it's Takeo. Um, and I'm not doing anything. I really would like to get back into streaming. I need to because it's not like I'm not playing video games. I just need to like start streaming them again. So we'll be on Twitch in March when Sid is here for C2E2, which we are going to. Yay. So if you are also going to C2E2, hit us up. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at SidTheKid underscore 19 and then everywhere else at Sudsley, uh, including TikTok. I would just like to say TikTok has been popping off and I'm kind of proud about it. <laughs> You're doing great. I don't know how I don't either. to make viral content. <laughs> But like the way your brain works and some you just like the thing is I don't pop off. I don't expect it to go viral is the thing. Right. And that's the key. <laughs> it's crazy because then all of a sudden I check back and it's like, hey, a hundred thousand people have seen your TikTok and I'm like, yeah. why? <laughs> the one viral TikTok I ever made was my breast reduction TikTok. And it I, I remember I left. I like did it. I posted it. And I was, I went about my life. <laughs> I, it was like when I wasn't opening TikTok every day, like I am now. And I opened it and it was like a billion people. Have seen, it wasn't a billion. It was a few hundred thousand. And I was one like, billion. what? <laughs> a one billion people 
have seen this. No, um, but I was shocked at like all the comments and like people were being so sweet about it. I was just like, whoa, is this what that's like? Because that's scary. I can't imagine being like a very famous influencer or anybody that gets like a a regular. Yeah, because every time I open my app, I'm like a little bit overwhelmed because of people that are still engaging with stuff, even like from a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I. please stop (laughs) stop perceiving me please (laughs) like I know I did this to myself but also no it's weird one of my TikToks just kept slowly getting a lot of likes it peaked around 800 and it hasn't gotten much more since then but I was like every every so often I would just it was like over the course of like three weeks where people just kept like finding it and liking it and I was like can everyone stop (laughs) it wasn't even that many people and I was like why does it just keep slowly going up that's weird to experience um but yeah you can find me on there and go engage with my 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 burger king tiktok it's really good it's very funny um so thank you so much for listening and until next time the scavengers network creator driven community focused treasured content